recording on this computer. Okay, we're doing it. Uh, Alfred, we have a little bit of a tradition that we're trying to implement. We need to get to 10 fingers. This is office hours number 10. So uh, can we hold up two? So that's, that's, wait, yeah, Alfred, hold up two fingers for us. And then we got, we got office hours 10. Okay. There we go. Done. <laughs> Done. <laughs> okay. We, we started this for a little bit of context. Uh, every, um, every week, 12 p.m. EST, um, we get together as a team. Sometimes we do this by ourselves and we just talk about what we're building, what we're doing, anything we're excited about. And sometimes we get to be joined by wonderful guests. Today, we have a wonderful guest, uh, Alfred Farrington, and very excited to have him here. He's uh, relaxing, got a pond behind him. He's feeling good. And uh, Alfred, very excited to have you. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Um, you know, like you said, from the beginning, we were, uh, oh, I just lost. Okay. From the beginning, you know, this is where we started with, but um, I was really excited about this project. I totally understand. Audio and video are going to be the future of everything. Nobody wants to text and type on their phone. <laughs> but the, the most important part about this is um, the context that you get from the video Um video and then you digitize it because i think that's a problem with with doctors every practitioner mm. they have a problem digitizing everything and they want everybody wants things to be efficient and fast like fast food yeah. so that's kind of what your product is is really done for us um and, and you have a lot of products coming out under it but i can't talk about that but yes, that's it's okay. going to be exciting for the investors to see Beautiful. And so, and tell Alfred, so who are you? And then uh, tell us also what you're doing for, for work as well, too, just to give some context to people who are tuning in and being like, who is this, this, this awesome Alfred guy who's appearing on this, <laughs> appearing on this uh, recording? Well, I like to call myself a free spirit, but um, <laughs> I'm actually the, uh, the CIO of eHave and um, I'm kind of architecting really an environment. So you as a user, you as a patient, can have control of your health records. Um, I think that's really what we want to get to because then we don't have to worry about um, us as a company, eHave, we don't have to worry about um, HIPAA, HIPAA compliance and things like that because you own your own data. Mm. All we're doing is, is, is giving you the platform to, to host it on, um, the organization, uh, some really cool algorithms to help you um, kind of manage it and, and give inference to your doctor or okay. whatever practitioner is, whether it's mental health, whether it's, you know, any field, because it's going to start in mental health. But I think, I think this is going to be, you know, really revolutionary and go to every single field so we can come back and make the human individual very healthy. Mm. So then, you know, I'd be like, just to share a little bit more about like who, so who is, who is eHave, you know, whether it's, you know, partners that you're working with, or for example, the practitioner, like I'm giving away, but who are you working with as the end users of the technology mainly? And then what is, what are they looking for, for the outcome of the technology that you're actually building? Well, you know, the first people that we work with are, are patients, uh, because we want people to be able to control their own data. I think the second, the, you know, the second, uh, tier are doctors and practitioners. I've talked to hundreds and hundreds of doctors and, and we keep creating these apps that say, oh, I'm, I'm um, you know, this app is doing this for me or, you know, it's helping me sleep better. It's doing that. But if you hand that data to a doctor, what is the doctor going to say? Okay, that's great that you're sleeping well, but that, that doesn't help me to understand why you're getting any better. So we're just creating apps that don't I don't want to say don't have any value, 
but it doesn't give the doctors any any information, any inference. It doesn't help. It doesn't help them um, figure you as the individual patient out. And they can't save that. Where are they going to store that? Where are they going to put that? So we have to kind of keep along the line of, you know, however the doctors like things set up and however that can give the doctor a good glimpse of how you are. That's what we need to start building a, a health system with. Amazing. In those conversations, I'd love to know. And again, I, I'm asking questions already, but anyone can feel encouraged to jump in. And Alfred, you can have, ask questions. This can, I always get too many, too excited in that and things, but I'd be interested to know from the discussions that you're actually having with the doctors and the people that you're working, like the, the doctors, how are they looking for information to be formatted or structured so that it actually is useful? You talked about the example of what's going on right now, and you're trying to make this transformation with the technology you're building. So what what's the change that doctors are hoping to see or the final output of data that can actually be valuable for them? Well, let's let's look at that. You know, you go into a doctor, I think one of the, the, the tools a doctor tries to use that they've been trying to use over the years is, is a, um, uh, they use a, intake form we all know who, who doesn't hate filling out an intake form oh every doctor you know they kind of give the same one so i think that's the first place every doctor wants to see if you go into a you know for example a dentist and they want to treat you but they don't know if you're taking if you have high blood pressure if you're taking you know uh psilocybin if you're taking even if you're taking illicit drugs you know those at least give them a chance so Doctors don't want to be liable for things. If I if if I don't know what you're taking and I'm not sure you have diabetes, you have all these things. Now I have to say I can't treat you today because I need to run some other tests. Now think about if they had every single uh, medication that you took, even if you haven't taken it in a while, they know. Hey, they take this medicine which could counteract with what I'm trying to treat you with. So I'm not going to treat you today because you take this. And if you're not taking this, all right, let's run a test or let's do these things. So um, like myself, I don't remember what I eat, you know, yesterday. I don't remember what I ate yesterday. So you, if the doctor says to me, uh, how's your sleep patterns? I don't know. So if you have an app that has sleep patterns, now that can be thrown in a dashboard. And that's what the biggest thing we talked about with the eHave dashboard was that, you know, building a dashboard where you can take all that information from those different apps and dump it into one system that can give inference to the doctor. Here's my sleep pattern. I, on Monday, I slept for two hours. Tuesday, I slept for this. You know, and one big summary for the doctor to look at instead of, you know, so many apps and so many things they have to look at. Yeah, I love it. Um, I'd love, to, you know, maybe, Tim, go ahead if you got something to ask here. Yeah. No, it's a fascinating way. I'm thinking, thinking of this sort of private, decentralized at the same time, very, very all-around approach to store the information, personal information, and and have it, as you just as you just uh, said, thrown up on a doctor's dashboard in the in the office within like a minute or with, it's it's it smells like future and uh, and it, it's a <laughs> um it, it's a beautiful thing that you're building. Yeah, and and it, it doesn't get built by just myself this is going to take what i like about this is this is going to take participation from everybody everybody can be their own you know just like how social media works everybody's their own star in their in their their individual social media page they can make it how they want if you put all your you know the more information you put in it the more 
your doctor is going to get back from you. And then the second part of this is as we start moving, you know, toward, uh, you know, psychedelics and things like that. Now you can participate in trials and things like that. Uh, think about if you have, uh, you know, some type of cancer and you say, you know, I want to try this, uh, this drug. Am I a good candidate or not? So that's where machine learning and AI comes in to kind of dictate and pull from your records. Am I the best candidate for this by looking at my records and kind of giving you a scoring system of you probably would be a great candidate or not. But all that depends on you giving permission to that pharmacy company instead of, you know, everybody just kind of uh, circulating uh, de-identified data. I, you know, that doesn't give environmental factors, where you live, where you're from, where you grew up. I mean, I think all in health, all that matters. You, you could be drinking water that was terrible for you in the, in the you know, 90s or early 2000s, and now you've moved and yeah, your, your health is increasing. So I think in a world where we, we have to be identified, but let the user identify that and then let them say, I want you to have my information or I don't, give people a choice. Mm. Something, you know, that Alfred, I'd love to hear uh, is like one of the challenges that we've had and, you know, we've worked together on some of this and we have a, a dashboard within Speak more focused on sort of speech analytics and then even meta analysis. But then you're combining the data of a lot of sources to put together. I'd be interested to hear any like insights that you've had about formatting that dashboard in a valuable way for the doctors so they can get the information that they are looking for right away, but also dig down deeper into information without it being overwhelming or cumbersome. Um, that's a challenge that we've seen here at Speak with the amount of information that can be generated from, you know, well, obviously separate data sources, but also even for us, just one single or multiple audio or video files. There I've changed go. location. Oh, that's what it was going on. <laughs> yeah. Well, and here's the, here's one of the programs that we use because I think it has to be saved. You're right. It does have to be saved in a database. Um, but I think the second step of that is um, you have to start asking doctors, what do you want to see? You know, from an intake form, from these forms, you know, what makes a candidate this? What makes a candidate that? You know, technology is, is just the tool. Now we can automate a lot of things. We can build algorithms. Um, one of the programs we use is, is MindsDB. It's, it's a program, I think it's out of UC Berkeley. And what you can do is you can run the, you can run machine learning right in your, your SQL tables or no SQL tables. And, and it's really fascinating of, of how fast, um, and how we've built a scoring system based on that, you know, kind of like anything else, you know, insurance companies do that. Um, everybody kind of, you know, builds it based off of these factors, but we go straight to the source. I ask a doctor, if, if you're a, if you're a, um, a heart doctor, okay, what, what makes this, you know, what makes this candidate be at greater risk for, uh, you know, a heart attack? Um, one thing that I did find out is the body's very connected. So if you think about it, you know, a dentist was telling me, he, he was saying, look, if you have an infection in your tooth and you have heart disease, you could be at greater risk because you have an infection in your tooth. So your body's fighting something and that could affect something else. So 
the body's very connected. And I think the whole healthcare system is kind of siloed um, where a dentist does this one part, you know, a heart doctor does this one part and an eye doctor does this one part. And we really just need to pull all that information together. You're not going to get it through companies because I think companies have kind of a, a finite thinking of we need to compete against each other. I think we need to kind of be in a more infinite system of, you know, and when I say infinite, it means what's the greater goal here? Is the greater goal um, getting, getting, uh, you know, protecting information or selling information or is the goal to have, you know, a healing path for humans? Um, because that's what we're missing. Yes, we have hospitals, but why isn't every hospital connected? Mm. Every single one where you can download all the data and you can keep it in the blockchain. That's one of the reasons why we use Burst IQ. Um, you can keep everything in a blockchain, but every hospital should be able to download all the data that that everywhere. So when you say, I want to give my data to you, you can you can apply a smart contract and they can open that data up and then you can revoke it and you can do whatever you want with it because you have you know you have the control what i get this from is the way the internet works i don't know if you guys know how the internet works but basically <laughs> if, if 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 you have a if you're a isp you get an autonomous you get an autonomous system number um an as number and what happens is when you put your router on you get every single route from the internet downloaded to your to your router so you you basically have a database of every single path on the internet because you need to know your router needs to know okay i'm not the best path for for this internet route so it's going to take longer which is why you have higher milliseconds milliseconds and things like that so we can apply those same concepts to to hospitals why doesn't every hospital have my information why do they have to request it from somebody because that goes back to finite thinking okay because we have a fact system and we've been doing things for years but we already know you know they talk about it all the time the healthcare system is very behind look we just had COVID-19 or we still have it but everybody had to learn how to work together we'll still have that close I need to protect my IP kind of thinking when in reality, at a certain point, when your patent runs out, all the generic companies are going to copy you, you know, copy it or reverse it anyway. So I think it's, I think we have to start working toward advancing ourselves, sharing more data. But I think that comes from the patient itself. Um, I have a very good idea that I just thought about. Um, <laughs> and, and, and it's using, and it's using your software. So one of the problems that we're having is finding out how to get people's uh, prescriptions in the system. And I, I, I said, okay, so maybe they can read off the bottle. I don't know if you've ever read a, a prescription bottle and the names of it, but it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, people are not going to be able to pronounce it. And, and, and then, you know, in the speak AI system, you're going to, you're going to have a lot of mistakes because, you know, yep. trying to figure out people's, people saying triglycerin in different accents that that's going to be really hard so i think the next step and i think you've done some of this is you just either take a you know take a video of the bottle and show it and then um maybe coming back and you you kind of looking at that label maybe taking a snapshot 
and turning that into digital as well. So these are the kind of things that we start looking for. And listen, we all have a bunch of ideas. I can say ideas on here and, and hopefully somebody takes it. I, I really do. I mean, we're working on it, but we're working on it, but I hope somebody else takes it as well and, and takes it to the next step because in the end, in the end, a lot of these projects begin as open source. And I, you know, if I said today, oh, I developed everything for eHave without, without using an open source project or, or, or using code from somewhere or, or even my line of learning, I learned from somebody else's, you know, work. So mm. we want to give back and yeah. we want to make sure ultimately we want to heal the patient. Every patient is individual. Um, you have different things that I have. Maybe we have a, a similar genome sequence, but we're different. We live in different areas, different environmental factors. So I think sharing the data is going to help us kind of heal people, which we found out with COVID-19 sharing, sharing more data, but that needs to, we need a platform that, that the patient controls, not the corporation controls, because then you fall under different kind of rules. So, you know, I love I love your platform, and I, and and that's why, um, because it's turning it's turning a lot of the manual into to digital, a lot of the audio into digital, and then that saves time, that speeds up all these processes and we're getting ready to go to a remote world. I mean, I'm, I'm having a, uh, a zoom call on my, on my cell phone. I mean, you know, 20, 30 years ago, we weren't doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's all. Alfred, yeah, like you touch upon a, a wide range of topics from human body to the how internet works to the dashboard. It's, it's amazing. But when you talk with the doctor and patients, it's like, do you see any similar patterns? Because these doctors are worked into the different fields from heart to the eye, as you mentioned. But do you see the similar patterns or challenges uh, which can one system resolve those problems? Or, you know, is that possible to build the one dashboard and can help? Uh, into the different fields, segments, or wh what do you see, or how what patterns do you see there when you talk with the doctors and patients? I think I it, it, here's here's one of the problems. I think I think everybody has opinions. I don't think there's one difference. There's one system. I mean, you don't go to one store. There's no just an Amazon. There's no just a you know. There's no Walmart. You know. Right. I think, but look at what these systems do amazon walmart all these places they do what they provide things for the consumer so i think that's what we have to kind of work on in building systems provide solutions for the patient um not holding data just so we can sell it to somebody else so that's what i see mm -hmm. alfred uh, so it's very fascinating for us, but I wonder one, a couple of things, actually. The, the way that Western medicine is developed is um, trial and error approach, and a lot of research goes into it, of course. And it's, uh, I, I believe this is the primary um, sector that you that you're uh, attempting to that 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 the that eHave is attempting to apply the technology for, um, in terms of there are other medicines like Eastern medicine 
traditional Chinese medicine. We have it quite well developed here in Canada. We have, you know, Koreans have their own thing, although TCM based too. What do you think about that? Do we would would we be able to sort of is does eHave aim to serve only Western medicine or would it? Uh, Great question. Acom- accommodate everybody. I mean, it's once again you've mentioned that it's about patient. Um, maybe. Well, I, I um, our, our system is based on figuring out um, like clinical clinical trials and, and things like that, and that you know that's where a lot of my research comes from. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a. I, I consider myself a regular layman. Um, maybe more of a technologist who's trying to figure out just even how I can help myself kind of wade through the system. Um, I, I think I think a lot of our systems are stuck in in uh, some pretty old old ways. Um, if you talk to an older doctor as opposed to a newer doctor, you're going to get different answers. Um, you're going to get different answers not so about the treatment methods, but the way they go about doing things. Um, EHAVE kind of focuses on really um, getting information for clinical trials. So uh, that's why, you know, we feel personal health records should be in that. And I think that wasn't concluded before because if you're doing trial and error and you, but you know, this candidate is better for this trial than this one, now you're not wasting time. You're, you're trying to give more efficacy to, to what you're doing. And if you're efficient and you know, you know, one thing, the genome sequence of this person, and you know the last 10 years they've been going to the doctor, okay, they have cancer, but they have this type of cancer, but they have a genome sequence and this and that. I think now we're starting to do, you know, more science because yeah, I mean, it is a hypothesis and you're, you're trialing and erroring, but if you don't have enough data, then guess what? you don't have enough data. Now you're, you're still kind of guessing. I mean, who knew, who knew, uh, you know, opioids could be so addictive that you would have, you know, but there's a mental side of that too. They're trying to get rid of pain. So I think in medicine in general, we have to be careful. And, and that those are all behaviors and it all goes back to mentality, um, your your brain and, and how that's affecting you. You know, so, you know, that's where a lot of this comes from. Nowadays, we do have a lot of data, though. We're collecting, you just mentioned the genome sequencing. I've actually passed the test just recently. It's uh, 90% Neanderthal. It's, it's really something. <laughs> uh, you know, when there's a, <laughs> my girlfriend would send me the definition of Neanderthal in a dictionary. It's an undeveloped person. <laughs> but we have plenty of data. And it seems like we were we were just been thinking at speaking how about we collect weather too and we see when do people create notes in uh, rainy weather or in uh, in the cloudy ones and we actually had results uh from that exper- experiment but uh, do you think that that we have uh, i mean I, I actually actually do believe that we have a long way to go of, with compiling all that data into something that's that's you can throw up on the dashboard. Like the dashboard is just a screen, meaning that there's not enough space for everything correct. that you have. Correct, correct, correct. Yeah. But I, and, and you said something very important there. We have a bunch of data, but if you start talking to people, you, you, 
you'll see a doctor who says, oh yeah, I have that saved on my hard drive. I've been doing research for years. Hmm. Nobody sees it. You know, it's kind of like everybody's hoarding data and some data gets released, some doesn't. So you get little, yes, we have a lot of data, but we get sprinklers of it. Now think about this. If, if your data is de-identified, who, is, who are we talking about? Are, you know, are we, are we talking about Neanderthals or are we talking about somebody who's even, you know, maybe more developed? Um, but I, I think that's the thing. Data is so locked away and it's so, it's, it's not, there's no system. That's why I like blockchain because, all right, if you want to share your data for the whole world to, to get healed, here, here's your data. Here's my data. Use it however you want to help science. Some people don't. That's your choice. I think if you never want to go to the doctor a day in your life or the dentist or anything else, you don't have to. Right? Yeah. So the the we need to kind of reverse, kind of, I think, reverse the system and say, here, here's your data. Now, can you give it back? Can you put it in a system where we can organize that data, summarize that data? So we're not giving a doctor a dashboard where it's where it's a a bunch of data and they're like, I don't need this. I don't, I don't care about this. Um, we're putting it in a system where the doctor's saying, this is specifically what I want. This is the kind of dashboard or just providing the data that they want. I think that's what we need to get to. A doctor just saying, I don't need all of that. I just need this right here. Um, because that's what happens. I think we have so much and, and somebody's asking a specific question, you know, and I keep on talking past the point of what you need there, you know, you, at a certain point, you're turning it off. And I think that's why a lot of technology gets turned off because it's too much. And they're like, I don't need all this and I don't have time to learn all this. Yeah, right. It's like, but when we talk about, let's say, even if you touch upon, it's like the quantity of the data, but even though if it is a quantity of data available sitting into the hard disk or somewhere on the cloud, but what percentage of the data are the quality data? Because when we talk about the machine learning and AI, what we see is like the, the, the you know, the false negative. It's like, are the, are this impacting or are this like making a worse? Uh, yeah. So how we, how we resolve it, it's, it's pretty challenging, even though in the medical, because what you need is like, first of all, understanding of those data, because when you see this 150 columns sitting with these records, it's like, how many columns do you understand? And what are the correlations between this column? And if, right. if a person don't have cancer and you're like, you are flagging a person have cancer, that, that's, a, that's a pretty tough for that clinic or for the doctor, right? Yes, that's yes. Tough course. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and I'll give you an example. Uh -huh. we, we have uh, we have EEG caps and, and, you know, you start getting the EEG data and I'm, you know, I'm looking, I'm like, I, I can't really help you. Like, what am I going to read? <laughs> technician, a technician, there's somebody who is very skilled in this in, in, in interpreting this data. Now that data I need, but what happens is because that company interprets the data, now they say, oh, this is my data. And now I have to sell it to you. And of course, you know, supply and demand. I assess the value based on what? If you really want it, now I can make a price up for it. Um, and like I say, in the end, who, who doesn't benefit from this? It's the patient. It's the medical system. It's the researchers. It's, it's everybody who, and I get it. We all have to make money. I, I, I do understand that. 
But at the same time, how are we going to push forward in research and healing if, if we just concentrate on the money part? Yeah. A couple of quick things here that I that's very fascinating. The EEG part, uh, there's a couple of neurotech lovers uh, in this uh, group here right now. One of the things that we had, you know, really thought was so interesting is could you line, for example, EEG data up with speech data and start to see, you know, patterns in the brain waves that are happening and then the, the words that are being used. And I talked to an expert then who deals with EEG data and said, no, you can't, as soon as you start talking, um, your, 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 your skull vibrates and all the data is then distorted. So like the amount of, the amount of data that even, even the, the quality of sensors that you have or how much hair you have, or if they're wet or dry can completely dirty up any of that information. And like you said, you need a very smart uh, interpreter to make any meaning out of that. A lot of it is actually lost along the way. And then just one other part was, you know, talking about this is, this is the part, this came more from my work in marketing where it was like Google ads, for example, and you'd see 150 columns. And I would try to build these beautiful reports for my clients. And they would be, it would be 50 pages long report. And they would say, Tyler, I don't care. Give me three sentences. I want three sentences to tell me what to exactly. do now. And like, that's the challenge here that I think, you know, you as a technologist and we as, you know, all, all wanting to do a good job at this is remove the noise and just give the clarity back to the, the, the treatment provider or to the patient so they can actually make better life decisions. Right, right, right. Uh, and, and here's another example. You know, when you talk about dirty data, you know, when you're doing, when you're talking about clinical trials and things like that, and there, you know, there needs to, that's, I'm going to go back to blockchain. This is why I like it because it's a ledger system and you, you really don't delete anything off of it. You know, you look at some of these companies that are, uh, somebody got in trouble for their COVID data, their clinical trial data that was either incomplete or was inconclusive. And, um, you know, that's one of the things, if it's inconclusive, first of all, we need to have a, a system that's, you know, maybe connects to the, a third party anyway that's monitoring that data so you can't falsify data and just put things out just because you're trying i i understand i understand about having investors and i understand about having those things but i i think we're in a world of it's easier to say i'm sorry than actually do the right thing it's uh you know there's one part tim, tim you're right you want to say something tim go ahead oh uh, uh just a little and and um, hear your opinion because you're, you're very much informed here is, is uh, Vansel allured to the complexity that we see as engineers when we try to create a solution. But I wonder, we had several attempts to create COVID apps, COVID detecting apps, like a cough detecting thing, which uh, something, uh, something along those lines. And did we have good results? Are you aware of any any good solutions out there? There, there are. I, 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 there probably are, but they get lost. They get lost because if a bigger company wants to take it over, they they can do more marketing. They can do more. They can drown everything else out. Plus, I think once again it goes into if you hold your own data, you you don't fall under the HIPAA compliance. But if a company collects your data they have to fall under the HIPAA compliance and then there's so many things that that keep that information from being identified so I, I think yes there, there probably are some solutions 
that that happened, but I think it gets lost in all the the rules and regulations. There's one. Uh, there's a company. Oh, go ahead, Vatel. No, it just like there is a very uh, solid research from the Howard University. You guys might be interested. They probably released a paper, and they have the application uh, which installed worldwide, and they're trying to do the exact same thing. Is like. And, and they released the, some results. I don't have the exact number right now top of my mind, but they have the very good results with, do you have the COVID positive or negative by just testing the cuff through the, through yeah. the audio applications. And they do the live stream sort of audio clip in the, in the background on the engineering side to their servers in Howard, Howard University. And they do sort of the real time uh, analysis on that. And I mean, that was the very successful yeah. uh, research uh, program they just did uh, very year. very like in a way a beauty like it's a very specific problem that's being solved whereas some of the stuff that we're talking about is a much larger problem with so many more variables like when you're measuring a cough and you're saying here's cough healthy cough and here's an, a covid cough you only have to go so much searching for the data to actually do that validation there and actually prove so like that's the challenge i think that you know we're seeing and even you know alfred you're talking a little bit about is you know across so many disciplines in health and how connected your body is so much information comes so much is actually needed to understand and comprehend that information and then actually show not just correlation but causation and actually um you know get something out of that and i'll just add one more part to this they did a fan they've done amazing work but uh pair therapeutics did a you know did it a you know, digital digital therapeutics is a huge thing that people are trying to figure out right now. How can we ex extend and scale and personalize healthcare? But there's still been problems. And Paratherapeutics is an amazing company, but struggled to show results for an application that they did in a clinical trial on schizophrenia that didn't show any results. And schizophrenia is complex. And, you know, the biological factors, the genetic factors, as you talked, Alfred, did you live in a city where you drank bad water? Like, you know, there's so many factors that can have an impact on your life that bring you to the state that you are now. And, you know, I just, it's such an amazing challenge, but a challenge that we're actually trying to take on with some of this work. Yeah, what do you touch upon Tyler is like the cuff problem is sort of on the engineer. It's binary classification problem, which is only zero or one. Either you have the COVID or either not. But when we talk about all these generic problems, I mean, exactly, there are so many variables. For example, what even I'm trying to understand, I do have this aura ring, team of here too, but it's like, what even I'm trying to understand through my sleep data, my daily activity, is like, what are the patterns even I can recognize from my food or what my day-to-day -day looks like? And what I can even understand throughout that, it's, it's pretty complex, but it's like so many variables you can put out into the columns. <laughs> I'm still not, I have the table sitting in my lap, uh, uh, storing in my laptop, but I'm still trying to understand what I can get out of it. Uh, in terms of that three sentences, what you just touched on, it's pretty tough with the variables thing. Well, and with our with our busy lives, who, you know, and, and you do it because, and, and I think we all do a little bit, um, I recently stopped drinking coffee because I'm like, man, this has to be affecting me in a bad way. And I, okay, yes, I stopped drinking. I feel better now, but maybe there's another environmental factor. Maybe I'm eating better. Maybe I'm doing things better. Maybe it's something different that I've changed. And, and most people don't have time to put charts and put all that stuff together. And we do have apps, but they just need to work. That, that data needs to be able to dump into another database, into another one, into another one, until we figure out the solution. And it's not going to happen now. It's not going to happen 10 years from now. It may take forever, but we need to continue doing it and have a platform that's there to do it on. Yeah. Although we do all have some 
future, just just far-fetching dreams of what could it be. Because if we can live in that and just aim to it, you know, thinking of a who is going to a, compile all those charts for me into three, you know, three cent. What did I do wrong last last week? And I've been uh, I've been um, I've been in a party, and it's it's like we do have that dream, and Google has been doing that forever for for a bit of time with their Google Home. And is it, you know, we have futurists. Peter Diamandis been doing his last book, "Future Is Faster Than You Think," been alluding to that, mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, I don't feel that good in the morning." To your Google Dot, right. sorry, Google Home, it just says. I just watched through your data and uh, you did something, something you shouldn't have done last, last week. And so, and it, it's impacting you. And, you know, there's a smart toilet testing your uh, biome and there is the uh, toothbrush, which tests, you know, looks for bacteria. That's just, this is fascinating thing. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a, you're a, an innovation officer and it, it, it's, it's uh, bringing innovation to this world and, and just making it a little bit better. Right. Something really, something really interesting, Alfred, was when uh, Vatzel first got his aura ring. One of the things that we've talked about, sort of, also ethical decisions with the technology that you're doing and even the data that you display. And Vatzel was finding he was looking at his aura ring and, for example, it telling him his readiness score in the morning and saying like it's a 54. And now Vatzel looks at that and that now shapes his understanding of the day he's about to have based on his own readiness. So now you're literally modifying behavior displayed on data that, you know, as Vatzel's exposing that data more in the way, but it's still a little bit of a black box of how that it's coming to that score. And, and that's the other part I think is really worthwhile and important to consider here is as technologists who are trying to build valuable solutions for personalized, better healthcare and better outcomes, what are the work that we need to do and the decisions that we need to make to display information in the right way so that it, again, positively impacts with the right data behind it and also the understanding of how we came to that conclusion with the data. You know, what's funny is we keep worrying about privacy, but I, I don't know about you, but I keep seeing people share their whole life on it, on social media. <laughs> so I'm willing to give my information. What do we really want in life? We want to live longer, right? We want to well, be healthy, yeah. right? Yeah. We, we, you know, we want to have success and things like that. So if we have good health, because I think there's a major shift towards people being healthy now, um, that's the new wealth, you know, being happy and healthy, you know, mental status, mental health and things like that. I think that's what, you know, we're, we're kind of pushing toward. Then, yes, then we need to start letting um, tech be in, be in our, you know, in our everyday lives. And but once again, it goes back to I need to be able to say, here's here's my information. I am I'm allowing you to have my information. Yes, you have the tech. You can even do it in, in federated learning where it's just creating it on the device and things like that. Um, the user still controls it or you can do it in a smart contract. where it says, hey, can I can I get your information today so I can I, I can populate you a score? Yes. Here have everything. Have everything I've done in the last 24 hours have everything I've done in the last year, have everything I've done. So, and that's what the world's going to. People want choices. People want to feel like they're free and not held bound. I think that's where Google gets in trouble. I mean, WhatsApp got in trouble because they said, oh, 
you know, your pri- information private and they found out that they're selling it. Everybody knows you, you're you collecting the information so we could sell you something. That's what Amazon does. That's what all these companies do. But at least if you have my information, sell me something that's going to help me live longer or be happier, not have, you know, fix my mental health problems. And don't give me products that I don't need. Give me products that I need. Hmm. The thing, I think so you all might be angry. It's like, but thing, what people are worried about is like, don't assign that this is what's also age this, living in this country and blah, blah, right? They want to de-identify their information though they want to give the information at the same time. But it's like, if the information is assigned by for that person, then that's a problem. And it's like, why there is an issue we see more growth in the blockchain, in the cryptocurrency. It's like decentralized system. It's not linked with your any personalized information, it's just linked with the hash ID and that's it. That's what the whole system knows around the globe. And I mean, I don't know how hard it is going to be to de-identify all the information and still get the results throughout the whole medical system in from all these different variables. Yeah. Uh, well, it's like I said, if, if you can make the internet work and I can go to Facebook and you're individualized there, if you can do that, we can kind of formulate around the same type of, you know, routing and kind of system. If I'm in another country and I need to go to the hospital, they're going to need my data. How are they going to get it? And I know we don't have those systems now, but just like the internet, it wasn't invented overnight, but it was it was years and years of people working together to get where we are now. Lauren, Papa Lauren, you've been silent this episode. How are you feeling? Oh, you're on mute. I saw that coming. Yeah. I'm good. I'm just being selfish and enjoying listening, really. So this was kind of fun. A lot to think about. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, that you know we had a, a conversation recently, Alfred, too, about you know as we look at speech data uh, or video data, like how much how information rich that is, and how uniquely personally identifiable that is as well, too. So, like one of the one of the questions we've had is, can you redact? Um, can you redact a transcript um, so that you know it's any personally identifiable information is removed? So then you could, for example, store valuable information, but it's de-identified. But then you look as are you storing the raw audio file? Then you have you know it's it's harder to de-identify that. There are systems that allow you to do that. But you know there's now so much work being gone, like just how we have fingerprints around like unique ID prints around your voice. Like there there's a lot of with just small amounts of information. There's so much possible right now. And I think that's what scares people a lot. Um, with everything being recorded and, and and captured in such high quality and fidelity right now as well, too. And then, you know, as Vatsal said, maybe not having the choice, or as you said, Alfred, where there's larger companies who have the infrastructure, and they also have the dependence from users that they can make shifts. And it's hard to remove those from their lives. Like, you know, I don't like to target companies, but it's like, you know, if Amazon makes a big shift around privacy, that can impact you negatively, but there's a level of convenience that gets hit where people cease to cease to sort of care. Like they'll just say, I, I still need packages delivered in two days. So like how, how, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know even know what I'm trying to say here. It's just like, we're in a little bit of a conundrum. <laughs> I feel like for how we actually manage this process, I think the future looks like we all have personalized healthcare, personalized env- environments, everything that the, the data is helping us populate that but there's a lot of challenges along the way that are going to get us there and also make people feel safe and happy even if in the end it's personalized care that's actually helping them live longer happier lives 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and Tyler, a team touch upon on the, on the book with the Peter is like the future is faster than you think. And the whole chapter he talked about is the personalized chatbot. So you are going to have your own board, which will tell you what to do, how to do, and you learn throughout your uh, pattern. And still the whole system is decentralized. Uh, not anyone knows other than your chatbot, personalized chatbot sitting next to you and listen the whole day, see you at what time you wake up, uh, what medicines or drugs you take and every single thing and try to understand your day-to-day -day behavior. And may, I don't know, maybe based on the data within a week or month, it's, go it's, going to be it's going to be your version, but way more smarter than you. He's going to know your next move, what you're gonna do after this call, right? So it's, it's completely decentralized, but still uh, only your personalized board knows about you. And it might tell you that, hey, Tyler, from next month, this date you have to start something like X, you know, yeah. maybe that's nibble items at the end. So yeah, like if you have your genome and they know that you're 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 preconditioned to something, and then they see a pattern of what you're eating, and then they see that you're losing sleep, all those three factors can say, "Oh God, yeah. you know, you need to make a change in the next four months, otherwise you're shortening your life expectancy by yeah. X." And, and that's horrifying to be on a way, to be honest, it's, it's like, you know, there's a, a bliss, that ignorance is bliss idea of like, you know, just living your life the way that you want <laughs> without having that awareness, even if it's not good enough for, you know, good for you. But that's a blessing of technology, uh, which will, uh, which enable us to understand ourselves way better than uh, through the, through the platform and the data. That's always honey in the tart Alfred, <laughs> that's it. I, I can... well i think i think i think you know it's just like doctors who who look at ai systems and say oh uh, you know a computer's not going to tell me what to do but in essence a computer is kind of helping you make better decisions i mean we 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 depend on computer systems to help us make better financial systems. We we depend on computers to do a lot of things to help us do things. And I don't know why we're fighting. They're they're just tools. A computer technology is just a tool. Like you said, we want to live healthier and happier lives. And and the more data that you know, personalized data, like you said, Tyler, you know, or or, or Vatsel. You know, the more personalized we can get with the system and, and give it more information and more information and more information, it can help us say, all right, when you get off this call, you got another call, but you're feeling tired. So I think maybe you should move that meeting to another time because you're not going to be listening. You're going to be distracted. You're going to be all these things that we sometimes tell ourselves, but we're trying to just push along, you know, or you need to eat or you need to do this or you haven't done that. I mean, or you took this vitamin today and, and because it has, you, you know, it's, it's digitally connected. Now you can say to, you know, it says, hey, you took that pill without eating. So, you know, that's kind of, you know, and I know this sounds crazy and, and, and everybody talks about the singularity and all the machines are going to turn on us. There's still, <laughs> there's still machines programmed by people. Um, you, you know, we're still, we can't even, we're still having problems with the, the you know, the autonomous car. So, you know, relax. We, they're not going to take over yet. <laughs> but it's not that crazy what you're explaining. It's already right right there with every day in day-to-day -day of our life. If you see the Samsung Smart refrigerator, the refrigerator knows and order behalf of you on the Amazon. 
right? right. If Amazon have the dashboard button and the button, I mean, the system knows that you are out of the toilet paper and it will order for you. And it's it's right there next in the 24 hours on your door. It's like, why this toilet paper at my door? It's like, you look at the boss room, it's like, oh. It's like one shit. piece left. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but who doesn't, in, in the, remember, we want to live, you know, fuller and, and happier and healthier lives. So if I don't have to worry about ordering toilet paper or ordering things, oh man, I forgot to do that. Let me run to the store. Then oh, well, that, that, you know, yeah. that makes my life a lot better. Yeah. That's uh, I'm wait till I'm in the bathroom to be like, ah, <laughs> <toilet paper." laughs> it's always been this way with uh, the, 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 the way that we've started utilizing technology to make the life just more comfortable, you know, and we and we sometimes, Led it to extremes. <laughs> Chernobyl is an example of a of a <laughs> technology trying to make life con- more convenient for the whole city, but ultimately uh, ruining biodiversity. But that's I actually didn't want to say that. What I wanted to just turn a little bit back. You mentioned singularity, and you mentioned how decisions are being made and how the tools are supposed to help uh, doctors and and professionals make informed decisions. It's a very important concept here, and it's worth digging a little bit deeper into, into it. Um, because actually, in 1958, Mirvan Minsky, he was one of the co-creators to, well, actually, natural language understanding when they didn't have computers, just with math on paper. And, it's, and, and he said something like the following. He said, okay, we don't want a computer to be a tool. We want a computer to make decisions for you and make it and make them even better. And it's funny because now he admits seeing the advertisement of Amazon Alexa with a, hey, I can make a, I can make a shopping list for you now. But really what I'm trying to say here is that the goals are all, always to help humanity, to help the person who's using the technology to do something better. And it's, it's great, but ultimately we'll have something like an AI which can command something to, which can command a recommendation for you. To follow through and that's that's a still same goal but it already makes a decision for you and these as soon as, as once we have the more and more of these systems spring up like like mushrooms put together a put in having having them put together into something that can command your life more or less not only in the in the, in the, in the medical sense but in Command the way that society flows, how how just culture develops. That's called singularity, and mm. it's it's a you know there are many outcomes of this, including the benevolent God who just supports you in any way that can, but as well as should be aware of um, option like a benevolent dictator or just a dictator. Nineteen eighty four, Orwellian, yep, just dystopia you know it's a it's we're building it now we've got to be careful um but i think that's why that's why i say the reverse i think i think you as the individual should control what you allow somebody to see how you can revoke access how you can do things i think right now there's no like you said you know google home you kind of just it kind of 
really monitors all the time anyway. So it can make decisions. Oh, this person goes here. It's connected to your schedule. Oh, you got you to gotta call at 12 o'clock. You have this, you have that. But, you know, just, just like I was dependent on coffee every day. So if I had a machine that would automatically make me coffee, now all of a sudden I've made the decision to not drink coffee anymore. And, you know, my view of technology and how we use it, I, once again, it's used as a tool. There's, there's no, no computer greater than the human brain. Um, imagine the, the, the great things that are happening with, with, with technology, um, but they still can't be better than your brain. Um, so yeah. I think the key is keeping us in control, one, one, keeping us in control. And, the, and I think the, the second thing is you need to be able to have access to give and revoke um, in, in different ways. This is, uh, I, um, we're coming to the end of an hour here. And this has been a, wow, I just, I keep saying it every time, but I just like have more fun every single conversation that we actually have here. This is, thank you so much for joining us, Alfred. Two last things that I, you know, stick out to me of like, I, you know, I think about this all the time, but it's like how much effort we put into making something effortless. I, I think that that's a huge thing that technologists do, right? Like we, we want to reduce friction so much in our life. I remember even Batsel when I first moved in with him, I saw him doing this crazy setup with all the IOT and automating all the things. And I was like, Batsel, why are you doing that? And he's like, so at the end of it, I can lay on my bed and just say, hey, <laughs> everything it's like how right. much effort you're spending, yeah. right you're spending so much effort to not have effort yeah <laughs> and that's that sounds it. crazy right the, the other last part I, I, you know, that, you know, is interesting. And I, you know, I know that this could start other conversation, but I, and I'm being selfish by saying this at the end, but it's like, if you are, for example, Alfred, you're, you're, you're the person who wants to not share the data because you have, you know, rightfully so some skepticism about sharing that data, but then you start to look outside and you see the people who are sharing data are all in perfect shape. And they're all look glossy and happy and they're all running together at the same time. Like there is a, there is a, you know, a sort of coercion in that, uh, uh, that would make you want to then participate in actual, the sharing of the data of being part of that system. It's like, you know, just, that's a very interesting thing to think about is in a very subtle way, you know, like by leading by example is always something that has driven so much growth as in, in society, in culture. So when you see that, it's hard to not want to participate, but then there are ramifications of participating in it. So that's my last uh, thought. You can feel, Alfred, you're the special guest here. So feel encouraged to add anything here. And then also, you know, if there's anything you want anyone to know, if they listen to this or watch this back, we're going to share it on YouTube. And now it's going out to Spotify and everything too. And we have a small but dedicated uh, listener base and viewership. So if there's anything you want to know also you can you can uh you can say something there uh the first thing i would say is we need you know we need more people to use speak ai so that tyler and his team can continue developing and making it better because i have i have a list of so many requests that i want him to do that it's probably not even possible but i i i think in this uh dystopian land that you're talking about where everybody's happy and glossy you know we have to look at uh like social media and and say to ourselves when we get through participating in it we just turn it off or we delete our account mm. um it's just like i said if you never want to go to the doctor because you don't trust them you don't have to go you never have to go to the dentist you never have to do anything 
I think that's that's you know that's your free will and that's your choice. And I, but I believe that if you have something rare or even if you have something that's common, the more people that submit their information to the system, we can help find cures and we can keep advancing and what everybody wants. Everybody wants to live longer. Everybody wants to be healthier. They want to stay younger. They want to do all these things. So um, I, I think sharing more of your data or not sharing it, you can do whatever you want is going to help form the future of what, you know, of, 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 of the, of the health system. Amazing. Alfred Farrington, CIO of Ehave. Wonderful guest you are here today. This was a ton of fun. Tim, good. That's all good. Lauren, good. Thumbs up. Timothy, I know you have more to say, but we've got to cut fingers. it off. <laughs> I know we've got two fingers. Can we get to 10? Can we get to 10 here? Uh, yep. There we go. Beautiful. Thank all you, everyone. Right. Office you hours, 10. Have a great Thank day. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it.